0: Okay, people are entering. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. نَحْمَدُهُ وَنَصَلِّي عَلَىٰ رسوله الكريم أما بعد. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala and we seek blessings upon the Prophet sallam. Okay, so we've now completed the first two commands of the Qur'an and we've completed then two conditional commands. condition being that if i have doubt then i should go through that process and then once i've gone through that process then i should develop aqua now we are going to see the third command some of you might have already looked it up some of you might have looked it up and understand it and some of you might have looked it up yet maybe not understand what the command is but we are going to go through this but before getting into it uh, the point we, we left off with uh, yesterday was that the first command makes sense to be the first command, right? Be the ad of your rub, worship your rub, you know, and that's essentially establishing the oneness of God. And the second command makes sense, essentially turn away from everything else that you are knowingly making a rival to Allah. So it's not quite saying don't commit shirk. I mean, that's obvious in there. But even look at all the different uh, things in life where you are perhaps giving a rival to Allah knowingly and turn away from those things, especially looking at all that Allah does for you. This is not the same thing as, okay, you're watching... The, you know, the championship in some sports match, like the World Series, and it's the ninth inning of game seven. And Maghrib time has begun. And you're waiting for the inning to end um, to see who wins. And then you're going to pray within Maghrib time. okay that's not shirk. That's Sunday School Islam will teach that that's shirk, right? Okay, or you're delaying, you know, praying your Zohar prayers because you have a meeting or because you're playing video games. If you're still praying it on time, okay, you didn't commit shirk. And, and, so, and so I have to emphasize that, uh, again, a lot of times we point things out as shirk, but they are not. Nevertheless, first command makes sense. Second command makes sense. And then addressing doubt immediately after that, that makes sense too. But then after that, we would think, okay, well, then what would the third command be? It would make sense if it's about prayer. Because prayer is so central. It would make sense that it's about charity. Charity is so central. It would make sense that it's about speaking the truth. Speaking the truth is so central. And it's none of these. In fact, the command for prayer doesn't come for another 80 ayahs. And we literally taught as-salat, al that as-salat is one of the pillars of, of the deen. And to really make this point, even the hadith of the five pillars doesn't use the word pillars. Bunia al-Islam ala khamsin Islam is built upon five. Someone, you know, somebody in the English language came up with the idea of five pillars. And, and so, but the actual word pillar is used for prayers and yet it doesn't come for another 80 ayahs. So now let us jump in to this fifth um, command and then we're going to have hopefully a fun and perhaps for many of you, an awkward exercise and in a moment. Inshallah let me get this thing up. This, this and all right, once again, let me know you can see the the on your screen. Okay. So I have twenty-five. Give good news to those who believe and do right, or do righteous deeds, that for them are gardens beneath which rivers flow. ما منها من Every time they are given a fruit from it, there to eat, they say, this is what has given been given to us before. And they will be given fruits resembling one another. And for them, there shall be, this says wives. It's spouses purified. This is gender inclusive. And they will live forever. Yeah. So. The third command is to give good news to those who believe and do right, that they will have gardens beneath which rivers flow. First, let's talk a little bit more about about the details of this aisle. Let's shift again to uh, the whiteboard. So. 25 So first give good news to those who believe and do right yeah. right so yeah. Uh, one small point that I didn't write on the screen, that's a, a small point, uh, but perhaps significant in the Arabic, is the previous two commands uh, were speaking to us in the plural. This is speaking to us in the singular. So you'll find some translations will even include change that, add in brackets, prophet. But they tend to be inconsistent because there are other passages where there's an instruction uh, stated in the singular, like the surahs that begin with قُل, قُل بِرَبِ say, and that's also done in the singular. And so so that's an interpretation of the translator's part. But give good news. Here's the command. To whom those who believe and do right. So the belief part we understand. What's the difference between doing right and doing good? How would you answer that question? Anyway, we write down doing so question doing right. Doing good. Any thoughts? Any guesses?
1: Right. Writing doesn't feel good all the time, right?
0: Okay. Yeah, well that's true. Yeah. The right doesn't always feel good. Uh Leith, were you about to say something?
1: Uh, Yeah, just like that doing good is is
2: maybe, could we say like more societal or is doing right is more uh, objective?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, doing good is much more culturally uh, bound. I mean, most of what is considered good behavior in one culture is good behavior in another culture, except usually sometimes issues with manners and such. Uh, And then doing right um, tends to be a little bit more strict. But I'll give you an example. And those of you who have taken my class, you've heard this example from me. So suppose you have, you're at work, you have a corporate job and your boss says, okay, I'm giving you this project and I want you to do this project. And at some point in the future, I'm going to collect the project. And you say, yes. And a month goes by and the boss comes back to you and says, okay, give me the project. Did you complete the project? And you say, no, I didn't, but because of COVID, I've disinfected all of the bathrooms. I've wiped down all the tables and cubicles and offices and such. And then I've also arranged for everyone to get vaccinated. That should increase productivity in our office tremendously. So what is gonna happen with me and my job? Depending on my standing, I might get fired. Depends on your manager. It depends on the manager, yeah. So did I do a good deed or a right deed? Good deed. I did a good deed. And that's essentially the difference between a good deed and a right deed. So the right deed is something that's been prescribed. And a good deed is something that is essentially seems beneficial. So will Allah reward us for good deeds? Hopefully, we had you know, a big part of the conversation about intentions and actions and such. But that is different than what is prescribed. And so with prescribed deeds, the benefit may or may not be as easily noticeable. Or we might invent possible benefits. So for example, the daily prayers are a prescribed deed. What are some benefits of doing the daily prayers? Time manage. So time management could be a benefit of the daily prayer. Could be, but that's something we've invented, yes. But what are other possible benefits or real benefits of the daily prayers? you please, Allah? So, pleasing Allah, inshallah, is more of a real benefit. Connecting us to Allah is, inshallah, more of a real benefit. Um, Creating order in society by obliging it upon the men is a possible benefit. Meaning, uh, obliging the men to go to the mosque and such. Uh, And so, again, I'm showing the difference between a real benefit versus a a, a, uh, invented benefit or... Uh, and then Shella's example, clearing our minds of mini vacation, that would be uh, a real benefit that is possibly secondary, possibly primary. Uh, Lath, explain movement. Um, I mean, just just physical exercise, like similar to, uh, okay, to like so- yoga poses. Yeah, so, so so when I'm sitting in my chair and then my watch says ding, 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 you know, stand up, go do something. Okay, so yeah, so you have activity. I, I, I've met a couple different people of the years who literally argued that in when you perform the full Muslim prayer uh, in different parts, you're literally stretching every single muscle in your body. True, false, I don't know. Cool idea, yes. So, but that is not the primary purpose. And all these things, cleaning ourselves spiritually, and then also think of wudu as worship in the form of cleaning. And so again, the point here is that even if there were no identifiable benefits to prayer, it's still a prescribed action. And so likewise for fasting, likewise for the pilgrimage, likewise for the zakat, so forth and so on. So, to those who believe and do right, give them good news of what? Four things are listed gardens beneath which rivers flow. Second. <laughs> the fruits of the garden. Third, pure companions. And fourth, eternity. Now, if we were to first think of what is the incentive that's being listed here. Okay, so let's go back. And number one, the Quran is in Arabic, right? So it's speaking primarily to a specific generation at the time, you know, six hundred in the 600s, uh, these Arabs, patriarchal society, Arab men in the desert. So at one level, a garden beneath which rivers flow, self-irrigating garden is going to be appealing to someone who's living in the desert compared to someone who's living in Southeast Asia during monsoon season. Uh the fruits, this is an interesting point here uh, because there's a, different, a number of different words for fruits. And the one here can be read both physically and metaphorically. But you're going to have fruits that you're going to partake of, of the garden that will have something familiar about them. Again, first, just we're talking about what's being offered. Pure companions. So if you go to Surah 55 and Surah 56, Surah Ar rahman and Surah al waqiah It speaks about these wide-eyed fair maidens, these virgins of paradise. Now that would be speaking primarily to heterosexual men. Here, however, it's actually gender inclusive. It's both. And then eternity. Uh, This, especially as you get closer and closer to facing your mortality, either because of age or because of other life events like illness, you get more conscious about what is your legacy and your eternity. And what I'd like you to think about is that in all these four things, it's tapping into some innate goal or why people put in their time and effort in big things like career. And one question I received is, does purity refer to virginity? This is an interesting point. I think in modernity, virginity has become the definition of purity. Whereas historically, it seems as though loyalty was the definition of purity. That this, your spouse is purely for you. But something's happened, and we'll just blame it on the British, because the British seem to ruin everything. That uh, it seemed to shift from pure from loyalty to, to virginity. Okay, so gardens beneath which rivers flow. Uh what are some of the famous gardens? And Shall I come to your question in a second? What are some of the famous gardens of the world or of history? Can you, can you name any? Solomon Gardens, yes. Any the Garden of Babylon. And another, the gardens of Babylon. And then we have the gardens of Versailles in France and such. And what is the common idea of gardens so i mean one type of garden is the garden you might have in your lawn where you're growing carrots and such and tomatoes but what is the common notion of gardens that gardens are the frill that that decorate a castle and so think of you know a castle as this big stone structure usually and then you'll have the gardens on the outside decorating it and a lot of times on the inside you'll have rugs and such Right? It's not going to be like a suburban American house where you're going to have drywall and all those things. And so when we're speaking of gardens beneath, beneath which rivers flow, it's number one, it's self-irrigating, self-maintained. But the assumption is that you're getting palaces. And so what is the goal? Ownership. And possible luxury. Like... What are people seeking in terms of the efforts they put in, like in things like career? Like why do people have a career? Another reason is for fruits. And there's two ways that this the, metaphor, the, that the reference to fruits is understood. One is that in paradise, you will have the heavenly version of earthly fruits. So we had the exercise a couple of classes ago where you know I was asking, what do you think of when you think of fruits? Isa finally saved the whole class you know, for all the brown people and mentioned mangoes. And the point is, think of whatever your favorite fruits are today. In paradise, you're going to have the heavenly version of the fruit. That's one reason, one reading. The other is you're going to see the fruits of your labor. That in paradise, you're going to see, oh, Allah gave me this palace or this orchard. Because of this specific thing I did in my worldly life. Because of this one charity I gave to this person. Or because of this nice word that I said to this person. Or because of this justice that I worked for. And so you're going to recognize the fruits of your labor. So it could be just food. Or it could be fruits of your labor. So sometimes people have a career you know like a teacher like a farmer where the thrill is not the salary the thrill is seeing the fruits of your labor the thrill is seeing your students grow right i think especially of a parent the joy a parent has as their child is going through different milestones of growth your companions so companionship This again brings me back to my, you know, drives my loyal students crazy, but the three M's and the J. That's cool. Marriage, the Bihameet and Jin's. So marriage is one of the, the repeated questions that my loyal students have. And then eternity is the sense of legacy. So, So what I'm suggesting to consider is that when we're picking careers, for ourselves or sometimes for our children, the pursuit is usually for one or more of these four things. And the pursuit might change over the course of our lifetimes. And so what we're being told is that in, in, with God, however, you are going to get all of these in paradise. But even then, the ultimate is going to be specifically with God. Eternity with Allah, companionship with Allah, the fruits of your, your toil to get closer to Allah. And then this ownership of this relationship, this luxury of this relationship with Allah. So at one level, we're also talking about what you're going to get in paradise, which is just the stuff on the left screen, bottom left of the screen. But then even on top of that, you'll have all of these with Allah. Okay. Having said that, I'm sorry about that. Shala, you had a question?
3: my unmute button wasn't coming up um okay so I have a couple questions now um they've magnified um so the gardens so that they will have gardens under which rivers flow you made the connection to like castles and implying ownership and I'm not sure that I quite understand that because that never came to my mind whenever I've read this I just think nature like the beauty of nature I never imagined castles and I don't even know did they have castles at the time of the prophet in those arab communities
0: so Um, they did essentially up north um there so the tribes in mecca seemed to be much more into nature and lived in tents and simpler homes uh but then there were other tribes where uh further north where they literally had palaces
3: so I just don't understand why this verse is implying ownership or luxury and not just like beautiful, natural gardens.
0: Well, I mean, I think that's definitely there right from the start. If that is something that appeals to you. And that was the point that I made that, you know, if I'm, if I'm living in a place that's already lush and green, um, this is probably not going to be as appealing to me. And so if I'm in the desert, this is probably going to be appealing to me just on its own. Um, But for that, we would just need to say gardens. But then when we're adding gardens beneath which rivers flow, and so forth and so on, and then we're taking it further, we can read this as these are self-maintained gardens. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Or if the rivers are flowing beneath them, that they're super, super lush, thick gardens. And then I'm even taking it further to suggest that maybe they're also implying palaces that gardens are usually around. I'm talking about those would be the manicured gardens, as opposed to forests and such.
3: Okay,
0: so the and
3: then the the pure spouses. I mean, can't that mean like spiritually pure? Sure. This yeah. this word.
0: Yeah. I mean, the is is literally the most commonly used word for purity in 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 the the primary sources, and and so uh, a lot of people today read this as virginity. And I think that's literally a a European imposition, a medieval European imposition. And so a common way that this is read is loyalty, but spiritually pure, absolutely. Thank you. Okay, very good. Any other questions or thoughts? Uh, Isa saying there are castles in Yemen. There's definitely monarchies in Yemen, so I'd assume there would be castles as well, as well as uh, overseas in Abyssinia and such, Ethiopia. Uh, luxury and comfort at its best. Yeah, all those things. Okay, so having said that, let's see how the classes work. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and then out of. 16, okay, so give or take half, half of the class self-identifies as men. Half of the class self-identifies as women. Okay, so here is what we're going to be doing. Okay. This is going to be an exercise that you're going to find to be, uh, at first, uh, or mostly very, very awkward. You do not have to turn your camera, but you'll have to either uh, write in the chat box or... Uh, um, um, turn on, uh, turn off your microphone when you go into your breakout rooms. Yeah. Okay. So first, take a note. Let's see who would I put in charge. Uh, uh, I'm going to put Afnan because her name starts with A. Uh, she's going to be in charge of the uh, the the women's group. And Shahir, your last name starts with A. I'm going to put you in charge of the men's group. So you two are going to go first. Yeah. So, hey, Shahir, um, give me some confirmation that you can hear me yourself. Okay. Yep. It? Okay. Okay. So, Shahir, you remember the Jadakala circles? Vaguely. Right. So, here's what you're each going to do. I'm going to put you in a room. And so, note this down, especially if not, Shahir. Okay. For each person. So, each person is going to address... All the rest of the people in the group, one by one. Okay. So Shahir is going to address Khurram, and Shahir is going to address Molsin, and Shahir is going to address Wasim, right? Afnan is going to address Amina. Afnan is going to address Judy, Afnan is going to address Jewel. Yeah. and, and you have to say. their name, followed by, may Allah reward you for... And then you have to come up with something. Okay. So, for example, if I were to say, shalom, may Allah reward you for your very good questions. Horam, may Allah reward you for your very good responses to answers. Afnan, may Allah reward you for the funny text you just posted. Okay. So each person is going to have to do this to every other person in the group. So if it's Hodam's turn, he has to one by one say this to every person in the group. Ideally, say a different thing. The hard part is in almost all the cases, you're not even, you don't even know what the person looks like. So you just have to come up with something nice. And you have to mean it. Okay? Yeah, this is where the awkwardness comes in. And, and so, so two steps Late, that you have a question.
2: Oh no, that was accidental,
0: okay. sorry. Okay, so uh, uh, do you all know how to, okay, here, I'll move you into the breakout rooms. And, and so, so let's see, we'll make group one, uh, room one to be the women, room two to be the men. And okay, most of your names it's easy to figure out if you're a man or a woman. So, Afnan, you're going to group one. Uh, Isa, you're going to group one. Uh, Amalek, uh, I'm sorry, are you man or woman? Amalek's iPhone three. If she's there, I want to guess that you're you're a woman, but I don't know. Okay, in the meantime, Jewel, Judy and Shala. I think I have everyone. So Afnan, Aiza, Amina, Fariha, Jewel, Judy, and Shalla. okay. And then that leaves Iqbal, Huram, Leith, Mosin, and Nader, Shahir, Waseem. All right. So in a second, you're going to be drop kicked over to the breakout room and then Afnan is going to start the process in her room, and Shahir is going to start the process in his room. Ready? Any last questions? Okay. And then, depending on however long it takes, once you've once the whole room has done every person, then you'll come back to the to our our room. So again, uh, one person is going to do everyone, and then that person. Is going to call upon the next person, who's then going to do everyone. Okay, so let me add that as step three. Once, um, once as this person in the room, they call on someone. Oh, someone, Okay, So call someone else. Okay, all right. So let me also send Salman to that room and goodbye. So now you should get a sign that says to go to the breakout room. So I guess, uh, Salman, uh, if you're on the phone, I'm not able to send you to the breakout room, so you can hang out with me. We'll wait just a moment for for the women to join us. How many of you already knew other people in the group? So obviously, Nather and Lath knew each other.
4: I know Shahir.
0: Yeah, you knew Shahir. Right. I
4: think I know Mohsen Ansari. Is the same Mosin Ansari?
0: Yeah, both of you are has friends. Yeah.
1: Probably, yes.
4: <laughs> is this Dr. Mosin Ansari or is just Mosin Ansari?
1: No, Mosin Ansari. I, I
4: do get confused with, with Dr. Mosin. No, I'm not, not him. <laughs> okay. All right. We'd we'll, we'll love to know you, inshallah. Yeah, soon. inshallah. But yes, maybe Malat uh, is still the com- common friend here. <laughs> okay.
0: remember there one two three four if they're calling me back i will be right back All right, everyone is bouncing back into the room. Yeah, I think the only person left. in fact, I will click on close the rooms. And so everyone will be back literally within about a minute. Okay, it looks like everybody is back. So Reflections, what'd you all think of the assignment? How was your experience?
2: Yeah, I think it went really well in our room. Everybody was excited to hear something nice and to have dua made for them. And then there was a round of thank yous afterwards. So just an opportunity to connect with people we don't know.
0: Very nice. How about I think the, it's, it's hard to be... Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, how about uh, Leith and then whoever was speaking up for that? Yeah. I was just going to say, I think, I think it's uh, it gets really difficult to be uh, super honest and genuine when you don't know the person. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Or you're saying like in terms of coming up with something, something new yeah, and specific. Right. All right. Yeah. And I think the other person was uh, Mohsen Ansari? Or somebody else was speaking?
4: No, I don't, I don't think it was me. It might have been someone else. Mm-hmm. It was me. Was I it was an excellent idea uh, to break the ice and getting to introduce to other people. Mm-hmm. So, saak so khair for that. Well, I reward you for that.
0: Ameen. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. and Any other thoughts, reflections? Was it awkward, painful for anybody? If As much as you want to share.
4: It was awkward, Hello? but not oh, painful.
0: I go ahead, uh, go ahead uh, Wasim. What were you saying? Could you repeat that?
4: It was awkward, but it was not painful, but it was a good idea. Very good. I think that has to be done at some point. And uh, I'm glad that you made that, you know, made us do it. Exactly. Very
0: good. Very well, yeah. good. Uh,
3: it was a wonderful experience you know for all these people except for one I didn't know Um, and I feel like it was um, actually easy in the sense that all I had to do was think about like what do I wish Allah would reward me for Mm -hmm. and then you know you just wish that on everybody else as well and it's um you know and you assume that you know they have those same things that they're doing um
0: yeah, it's beautiful. Absolutely. Any other thoughts, reflections? So, so this is the third command,
1: <clears throat>
0: which I'm guessing for most of us, this has, including many of us who might have gone through the Quran many times, Never consider that this is literally a command. And like I said, comes 60 ayahs, no, 80 ayahs, 80 ayahs, before the command to pray. When we start from the Quran from page one. The command to pray for the generation of the prophet, peace be upon him, didn't come for about 13 years. And and so the point is that this is how big of a command this is. Now, what is essentially, so he said the command is to give good news to those who believe and do right. And so what did we do? We made it into a prayer. May Allah reward you with such and such. Now, but think about implicitly, what is it saying? You're looking for the good in what other people do. Other people's. Now, as a general principle, uh, we're taught you shouldn't be sticking your nose in things that are not your business. So that's already assumed. But it's very easy to let shaitan dictate how you look at other people without us realizing it. It's very easy for our nafs to dictate how we look at other people, which is often through the lens of jealousy, um, unhealthy competition and such. And so now you're also having a focus on what to look at in terms of what other people do. You're specifically looking for the good, the right of what other people do. Uh, Judy, were you about to say
2: something? I I just was thinking that from the beginning of the class, I think you pointed out that maybe three times or more the Quran talks to the things that we shouldn't do Mm -hmm. versus the things that we should do. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, exactly what you're saying we maybe see other people in a negative light three times more often as um you know than then we do the good and if we reflect on the good it spreads goodness but if we reflect on the bad then we're spreading something not so good
0: so then so then yeah when you're wishing this good on other people you're reinforcing reinforcing upright behavior and you might even be inspiring more you're building relationships
2: it's much more encouraging to hear the good things than it is the bad things and if you know that people are noticing the good then you're more likely to continue to do
0: the good things absolutely yes so I don't know of an equivalent ayah that says criticize the bad things or warn people of hell. There's the general instruction to call to what is right and forbid what is wrong. But the point is we have this command, but I don't recall the opposite of this command. I mean, there are times where you might be calling out unjust rulers. That's definitely there. There might be where you're calling out the, the misconduct of, of, of people who are opposing you. But it is so easy to fall into the trap of noticing the flaws of other people and what other people do. But the command is to guard your eyes, to look to the good of what other people do, and then turn it into these words. And so the prophet, peace be upon him, says what? Uh, if you want to develop love with each other, spread the salaam. Now, at one level... It's just what the word, what the hadith says, which is, okay, say assalamu alaikum to each other. Now what's interesting is we may not feel it as much if someone doesn't say salam, but we definitely often feel if someone doesn't respond. You know, suppose you said salaam, uh, assalamu alaikum to me and I respond with hi, you know. I mean, I get that from undergrads all the time. But on top of mm-hmm. that, the another point to consider is what is taking place deeper? When you're saying assalamu alaykum," you're literally making a prayer for them. Assalam is one of the names of Allah. So when you're saying assalamu alaykum," you're literally saying, may the peace of Allah be upon you. You're making a du'a for them every time you're doing this greeting. And okay, if you understand that point, you're understanding something even more subtle about human nature. That if you want to develop love for someone, serve them and then it's in human nature that you will start developing more love for them and so what is the service here you're making dua for them okay. of course this can also be completely abused you know where when you serve someone so much then you become a target for abuse that's not what we're talking about here we're basically saying as a basic principle if you want to develop love and fondness for someone especially if you feel something in your heart against them for no particular reason or you know you shouldn't at the very least keep praying for them and better than that figure out ways to serve them and so that's the teaching of the prophet for how to develop love and then here what do we have is that when you are coming across the work that believers are doing look for the good and then express these support and prayers it's a simple language that's language like may Allah reward you, jazakum Allahu khairan, Barakallahu Fikum, all those things. It doesn't have to be any fixed script. Key point is one, you're controlling where your eyes are focusing on. And it's perfectly fine to be in good competition. In the middle of the surah, we're actually prescribed to be in competition in good. And and so that's different than just competition trying to win. Competition in good means. Not only do I want to do my good to do. Uh, not only do I want to. I want to beat you in terms of doing good. When I'm helping you, in doing good, that means I'm also doing more good. So this is the third command. And again, from this point forward, consider it a command upon yourself. Now, does this mean you have to do well wishes every single time you see something good? And you probably wouldn't. You wouldn't have enough time to exist then. That'd be like saying bismillah before you do everything. But make this your recurring practice, especially in terms of how you focus on other people. On.
3: Yes. So in this activity, uh, I know like some of us kind of guessed at things like mail our words for like a random thing that we thought of. Um, so then what's the effect of that? Like, what's the difference of not, you're like looking for the good, but, if it's, if you're not saying it hundred percent genuinely, or if you don't know that that's something good that someone else is doing.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, if the intention is good, then the benefit is good, right? If the intention is, you know, to get their attention and make you feel like you're, you know, you're such a wonderful person for saying these nice things, that's different. And so obviously if it's pointing to a specific action, <laughs> then it's going to carry much more weight, you know? And so, I mean, you're not gonna have too many classes over the course of your life, I'm guessing, you know, the teacher makes everybody in the class, you know, say, All right, you know, wish, you know, Allah's prayers on each person. You know, I mean, the the your generation of MSA students haven't gone through this with me. I've been doing it literally for like a decade. But the point is that uh, when you are interacting with people, then you are seeing their actions. I mean, here. I mean, almost every, everybody in the class, except for three people and me, uh, are, are a bunch of black rectangles. So there's even less <laughs> available.
1: You know. Ultimately, it's it's like you are appealing in the fitra, right? Uh, so, so yeah,
0: we can say there is something in the fitra. But keep going. What are you saying?
1: The, the, that means uh, uh, we are like, if I know, I don't know someone, and I'm I'm like doing a well wish for that person. Uh, ultimately, I'm uh, aspiring his fitra or her fitra. Uh, even though I don't know whether I'm uh, I'm praying him for that something with which he or she hasn't done right sure yeah. but at least his, his the fitra will be inspired or or it will be that's the idea to so, yeah. yeah yeah but I think good, even
2: good. if there isn't yeah. an exact knowledge of that person having done this the thing that we said like we're not intimately familiar with their situation that we're all on similar path as a human being and we can relate to whatever we said to them and we know that we're all trying so somewhere in there we know that what we said was sincere because like Shala said we're it was from us it was from our perspective outward
0: absolutely any other thoughts or questions
3: um one more kind of thought just based off of uh that is um it kind of reminds me of like a not a self-fulfilling prophecy but there are times when like someone tells you that you have good leadership skills and maybe you never saw that in yourself and mm-hmm. but because of that you develop it so I wonder if that um also has some kind of influence
0: I'm sure it absolutely does right I mean imagine if the prophet piece would have said something like that to you you know then you're probably really going to focus on that and so if a lay person says that I think it also has similar effect you know I think that's a good observation too. Any other questions, thoughts, reflections?
2: Well, in general, aren't we supposed to, if someone may have a bad intention that they've done towards us, we're supposed to maybe give them the benefit of the doubt. They said, inshallah, I'm going to show up at your house at three o'clock. It's five o'clock. They haven't come. They haven't called. And we say, oh, maybe they got in an accident. Maybe they got stuck in traffic. Maybe they got held up at work instead of being mad and angry. And, and again, yeah, it's absolutely. about... Staying positive Mm -hmm. and giving them the benefit.
0: There there are definitely times when something needs to be called out, but as a default, yeah. As a default, you give people the benefit of the doubt. I mean, I have one student who I like talking about because uh, the student does all kinds of really, really great things in the community and such, like amazing things in the community. But one thing that hasn't changed is that if he says he's going to call me today, I am 100% sure he is not going to call me today, right? if he says i'll get in touch with you today i am 100% sure he's not going to get in touch with me today i mean that has been his case for over 10 years and but i enjoy it so i've never called him about, call him out on it you know as he does all this other net really really good stuff but uh but yeah as a principle the default is the the issue here is that we are in control of our thinking and we often forget that we are in control of how we perceive a person's intentions, how we perceive a person's conduct. That's part of the whole issue with the relationships. Shala.
3: So I really like this command a lot, um, like your interpretation of it, but I'm, I'm just going back to like, I mean, the translation that's here says, yeah. give good news to those who believe and do good that they will have gardens. I thought that I always read this as Give, give this good news that they're going to have gardens and whatnot. Okay. But I didn't really get this other. So how, how do you get what you're saying from that?
0: So, so I could have made the assignment in our breakout rooms that that's exactly what you say, right? That whole paragraph, you know, so it'd be like Shala is saying to, to Jewel, you know, Jewel, you are going to have gardens beneath which rivers flow. And you're going to have fruits that are partaking of the garden and pure companions, you're going to recognize and pure companions and, and you'll be there forever. So you could say that, but I think if we stuck with the literal reading, where you're probably only going to say like four times in your whole life, because it's too much of a paragraph. And so we're basically just simplifying it. Makes sense. And we didn't even specify how Allah will reward you. We just basically said, may Allah reward you.
3: Yeah, yeah I guess in the past, I always um, thought that this was addressed to the prophet and that he was the one giving this good news that I yeah. didn't really realize it was to all of us.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so a way to think about this is that the entire text primarily is speaking to the prophet, peace be upon him. So when we spoke um, a couple classes ago about kafirs, when we first started talking about that, like the ayah, ayah 6 literally says, whether you warn them or do not warn them, they will not believe, right? And so the first recipient of that instruction is, or that passage is the prophet, peace be upon him. And so it's some places where we can specifically identify that it's obviously talking about the prophet, like ayah 4 of the surah. You know, they believe in the revelation sent down to you. So that's obviously talking about the prophet, right? Uh, but it's harder in many, many other places to specify that it's exclusively talking about the prophet, And so then for those things, my approach is to take the widest interpretation. And so it, it is begins. intentionally, but it is essentially a, uh, an interpretation. And so, so your questions are completely 100% legit, you know? and even pushback would also be legit that I'm taking the approach that this is only about the prophet, and that would be a sound interpretation
1: so it means uh, when when prophet is uh, delivering the ayah to to sahaba or or the people so so he must he, his context will be then from their point of view right and to and, and give good news uh, to yeah. those who believe right uh how he must be how he he, he might have delivered that ayah to the to sahaba so, yeah. so
0: Again, same language or, you know, other language about paradise. So he knows the afterlife of, of a small handful of people, right? We call them the Asherah Mabashara, the 10 people who have been given the good news about, <laughs> about their salvation. And then he also, in the night journey, we have narrations where he saw this person, you know, you know, or not this person, but the home that this person, specific person is going to have in paradise and such. Right? But we don't know. I don't, we don't know if the prophet knew if that person is going to go straight to paradise or go from hell first or not. Um, but the point is that whether or not he knows the salvation of a person, it's easy to recognize if someone is doing something upright. And so in terms of, you know, the overall question, how do we determine if, say, if an instruction is for the prophet, peace be upon him, or wider? Usually my approach is to look for any hints that this is exclusively talking about the prophet. So for example, there uh, when we go to uh, other passages, it'll you know the prophet himself will specifically be mentioned. But think of the last three surahs. I said, So there it's قُلْ where the instruction is say, and it's in the singular. So why does that not, you know, why do the translations not say prophet there? and they do here. And so not only am I suggesting it's an interpretive choice, I'm suggesting most translators are not consistent. Make sense? Any other questions, thoughts, reflections? So this will be the last of the commands we'll have in the course of this course. So we now have three. The first two are our relationships with a law, and the third one is our relationship with other believers. There's another command that comes around, Ayah um, 104, which then gets into our relationships with other populations. So can meaning depend upon translation and interpretation? Absolutely. Definitely. All right. If there are no other questions, then we will stop right here. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika, Nashhadu Nashadu la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Subhanakallahuma ilaha illa anta. Wa ilaik. glory to you, O oh Allah, wa praise and gratitude are to you. إِلَهَا illa anta. We bear witness there is no God but you. نَسْتَغْفِرُكَ we seek your forgiveness ilaik, and we turn to you. All right, may Allah reward you all, and we will see you inshallah tomorrow. As alaykum wa rahmatullah.